It was a grey Saturday morning, the 30th of January 1965, four days after the death of Britain's wartime leader, that the state funeral of Winston Churchill took place. It saw an extraordinary procession through London, a ceremony at St Paul's, dispatched from the Tower of London by river launch, a military fly-past, and a train from Waterloo Station to Churchill's burial place at Bladen, Oxfordshire. Churchill had attended St Paul's throughout his long political career and expressed his admiration for Christopher Wren's designs in his book A History of the English-Speaking Peoples. He wrote that, to later times, it seems the real calamity of the Great Fire of London was not so much the destruction of the insanitary medieval city as the failure to carry through Wren's plans for rebuilding it as a unity of keys and avenues centred on St Paul's. During the years of the Second World War, he was of course to famously declare at the height of the Blitz, as the city of London was engulfed in firestorm, that St Paul's must be saved at all costs. It was then appropriate that the building which had become associated with British resilience should host a funeral service for the figurehead of wartime resistance. It was a truly global affair with television and radio coverage reaching between 850 and 900 million people worldwide. The royal family were among the final arrivals and were led in procession to their seats by the Archbishop of Canterbury, the Bishop of London and the Cathedral Chapter. The chapter wore black copes made especially for the occasion, trimmed with silver silk braid, the hoods emblazoned with the crossed swords of St Paul in silver embroidery. These, together with the funeral pall, remain in the cathedral collections today. Last to arrive were Churchill's family, with his granddaughter Emma Soames recalling that At the front was the Queen and a vast array of European royalty and presidents. It was an amazing service, and when we sang the Battle Hymn of the Republic, suddenly a shaft of light came through the high window and fell on the coffin. It was a day packed with spine-tingling moments like that. Dean Matthews, in his bidding prayer, focused on Churchill's wartime leadership and legacy, praying that the memory of his virtues and his achievement may remain as part of the national heritage, inspiring generations to come to emulate his magnanimity and patriotic devotion. The congregation sang O God Our Help in Ages Past, while the procession left through the Great West Doors, descending the steps, before continuing the journey to Towerbridge Pier and lastly to Churchill's final resting place at the Parish Church of St Martin in Bladen. Oxfordshire. Churchill is commemorated at St Paul's in one very prominent and one much less visible way. Just before the choir steps, and now underneath the dais, on top of which stands the altar, completely out of public view, is a bronze memorial plaque designed by John Skelton which reads the catafalque of Sir Winston Churchill stood here at his state funeral on the 30th of January 1965. Downstairs in the crypt though, and very much visible to all who pass them, are the Churchill Memorial Gates, 
commissioned by the cathedral chapter, designed by the blacksmith James Horribin, and installed in 2004. As one newspaper reported at the time, the gates bristle up through pike staffs and musket barrels into spear points which flower into pennants. They evoke the spirit of vehement aggression behind one of the war leader's most celebrated sayings. In war, resolution. In defeat, defiance. Their creator James Horobin took a slightly different tact and was in no doubt about his vision for the work or the most important legacy of the British wartime leader, stating that, My hope is that they will be perceived as a celebration of peace, brought about by Mr Churchill's efforts. <laughs>